I'm Brent Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am the aforementioned Brian Hanks on the line with us right now. If you missed our first hour, uh, he has graciously agreed to stay with us for a couple minutes here into our second hour. It's uh, the host of The Drive with Mark Panicelli on 252 Fox Sports Radio. Why it's Paul? Wh- no, no, no. I'm just joking. It's Mark Panicelli. <laughs> you like what I did there? That was. Uh, I do. Yeah, there you go, man. We, <laughs> I think we literally did 90 seconds of Super Bowl talk, dude. I need your analysis, dude. Uh, just I, I don't. I'm not sure I got your answer. Are we in the middle of a dynasty right now? Answer that. Yeah. Just your analysis we of uh, last lost. night's game. We got lost because I be, and it was my fault. I go back and I and I think if you missed any part of our number one, please remember that you can go to BrianHanks.com and you can listen to the show in its entirety and you will hear about the amazing uh, mashup that, that Brian Hanks did where he, he, he combined Allen Iverson and Jim Moore together. We heard about the wonderful uh, Robert Bland and we discussed ACC basketball. What do you do the day after the Super Bowl? We talk ACC basketball and why Roger Goodell is a buffoon. We haven't talked a whole lot of football. You're right, because you asked me a question, and then we derailed it. Yes, and let me tell you, for starters, why we're in the middle of a dynasty, because it's been 6,490 days since we last had back-to-back champions. It's been since 2003, 2004. It's been a long time. Uh, so... People go with this, what is the definition? And I'm not going to get into that minutia. I think if right now, if you look, if they didn't win another one, I think I would consider this the Chiefs dynasty. It's a half decade where they've won three Super Bowls and been to like at least, what, two others or something like that. Look, I'm telling you, they're incredible. Uh, And I don't think it's over uh, because I think, as they said, and what I started to say was, they didn't even act like they enjoyed the celebration very much. Most of their talk wasn't like, yeah, we did. We ever came a lot this year. We won. But this is, we want to come back and do it next year. This Last night was all about, we're coming back, and it's all about the three-peat. That's going to be a big mission for them. And so, yes, I do think we are right in the midst of the Chiefs dynasty um, and how many they're going to get and all this stuff, I don't know. Uh, because when you look back at this year, Brian, this should have been the year. This is where that thing that uh, we use the uh, term immeasurable uh, qualities or quantities in the first time when we did a lot of analytics talk, that championship DNA that the Chiefs had is one of those things you can't use a math equation uh, to, to, to prove. I mean, yes, there's stats we can use. But this was the year where they didn't look their best. They lost the first game of the year to the Lions. Uh, remember, they've been so frustrated this year that we saw some very uncharacteristic Chiefs-like moments, including in that game last night. Good but they God. Have, yeah. I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, confronting his coach after the fumble was a little, a little wild. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff. Anyways, I, yes, we're in the midst of it. It's about to be uh, – I think they're going to win another championship for sure. Uh, and right now their mission is to come back next year and do what no one's done um, uh, is win three in a row. Uh, but they've joined that exclusive group. And, and, and as I said, that's why it to me feels like a dynasty because we haven't had anybody win back-to-back in 20 years. God. And when you and I were growing up, that was the thing. Um, 
uh, just real quick, and, and I because in the early parts of the NFL, these teams were so powerful. They they build these teams, and again, what you had the uh, you had uh, the uh, what the Dolphins won two, the Steelers won two, the Cowboys have won back to back, the 49ers have won back to back. There were uh, these handful of teams, Green Bay that won back to back, but those were good teams. And then you know, with that, they would win Super Bowls and dominate their opponents. We live in an era now where you look back, the Patriots won all those Super Bowls. They literally could have lost almost all of them too. So the Chiefs have won these the Super Bowls, but they've won them last year was what a game winning field goal. This year was, uh, you know, this incredible, you know, just, uh, overtime drive eight for eight for Patrick Mahomes, the, the MVP and, uh, a touchdown. They, it, it, they win the games close. But we haven't seen teams win back-to-back in that long. And I don't know because of the way we play football now where games are kind of won in the last few minutes. And, and now you have to have these guys. The, these, the guys who just have these ice in their veins that can win the games in the clutch um, like, uh, like Tom Brady did with the Patriots. They found a way to win, keep, to, to be in the game or uh, – uh, to, to win it close if they had to. And certainly Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have been able to do that as well. Um, so, yes, Dynasty is is here. Okay. We're, we're in the middle of the Dynasty, yes. I love it. I love it. Listen, who you got on today, dude? Um, I have on today Kyle Gaskins. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, we're going to recap. The, he's my big NFL guy, so we're going to talk about that. So uh, we'll recap all that and talk about the fact that, by the way, guys, I didn't get to drop this, and I made all these notes to not even talk about football stuff with you. <laughs> in in the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, uh, NBA, the big, the big four sports, there have only been two guys that have three championships and three MVPs before the age of 29. Do you know who they are? You know what? I should know this because I saw it somewhere in the last few days. I, isn't one of them Bill Russell? No. Uh, then I don't know. who. One of them is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Who just did it. Three yeah. rings. And the other one is Magic Johnson. Three rings and three championships before the age of 29. So, so Bill Russell didn't go. do that. Bill Russell did not do that. Wow. That, that surprises not, me. It was probably, uh, as I said, the um, the MVP, uh, I would guess, because he probably didn't win MVP those years. That is crazy. Listen, Mark Panicelli, dude, you are the best, man. Can't wait for our home-and-home home visit with you uh, this Wednesday at 4 o'clock. But the drive with Mark Panicelli, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m. on 107.5. And, uh, dude, I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you on Wednesday, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Mark Panicelli, uh, next coming up, Scott Scooter Rogers, uh, will be uh, joining us here in just a few moments, uh, before we get him up here on the line with us. So I want to thank our good friends over at, uh, Woodman life. I've had my life insurance with Woodman life for more than 10 years, actually about 15 years. I couldn't be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for, that's right. I'm talking about you, Linda, are going to be very well taken care of. Uh, the beauty of woman life, though, isn't just a peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community is evidenced by its donations of American flags, every group organization, church or government agency that needs one here in Eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice. 
to uh, Jared Edwards, a woman in life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. That's beside Highland Furniture and across from Sale Automall. And again, thank you so much to Woodman Life for being one of our day one sponsors, along with the Rendell Parrot Academy, uh, Spence Automotive, uh, GoEco Technology Service Provider, UNC Lenore Healthcare, who you're going to hear about here in a moment, and uh, Lenore Community College. And joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, he's our UNC Lenore Healthcare uh, big interview. Dude, hey, come on. As someone who has to throw out a lot of sponsors yourself, Scott, you've got to admire that I got about eight sponsors in there in about 15 seconds. It's Scott Scooter Rogers, uh, the voice of ECU baseball, joining us here on the phone. Brian, that was that was very impressive how you did that. It was very you were firing off very quickly. It was uh, it was impressive, dude. If there's one thing, because you got to remember, man, I only started this, this little radio gig four years ago after a lifetime in newspapers. If there's one thing, I, I try to get my NASCAR on. You know, I guess it's good timely too with Daytona coming up in six days. But you know how the the driver at the end of the race is like in one breath is able to just you know knock out seven sponsors. That, that's what I'm trying to do, Scooter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, we got you got to do things on the fly sometimes <laughs> on radio too. I love it, man. Man, another year back uh, for as the voice of ECU baseball. Very excited to have uh, just one of the good guys in the business too, Scott Scooter Rogers. Uh, and you've got to be excited about that, man. And I got to tell you, I told you this when I saw you at the uh, basketball, the girl uh, ladies basketball game on uh, Saturday. None other than George Whitfield said. He thinks this is the best team he has seen, and let me tell you something. He's seen about 50 ECU baseball teams, Scott. Yeah, and he's exactly right. You know, this has a chance to be the best, I think, one of the best East Carolina teams in history. And, you know, when you look at this team, the first thing that jumps out to you, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is experience. There's so many returners from last year's team, and a lot of it is the the main part of the production from last year's team. And of course, you'll have a you have a new third baseman. You more than likely will have a new center fielder this year in Bristol Carter. But other than that, everybody is back from last year from an offensive standpoint and a position player standpoint. And you know, when you look at starting pitching on this team, you you have two of the best starters in all of college baseball. You have one of the top five starters in all of college baseball that's going to be on the mound for Fridays this year. And so this team has a lot. A lot to be excited for coming into this year. And you know what? It's not like they were a bad team last year, Scooter. I mean, 47 and 19, 18 and 6 in the AAC. Before we even, uh, and I do, I want I'm, I, I want you to break down this year's team. Tell us about these pitchers. Tell us about these returning hitters and this uh, great team. But, dude, I could, t- I could probably name you uh, 100 D1 programs that would be giddy with a 47 and 19 record, but – Dude, there are people that were not, not that happy with 47 wins last year, Scooter. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, 47 wins is, is very impressive. As you said, there's a lot of teams that, you know, struggle to get 40 wins every year. And for East Carolina to have gotten 47 last year said a lot about that team. And, of course, they got hot right towards the end of the year like they normally do, and that's what helped them get a lot of those wins. Especially playing a couple extra games down in the uh, conference tournament in Clearwater helped as well. But yeah, you're right. Last year's team was not bad at all. I think one thing with, with last year's team was maybe, you know, it wasn't necessarily cons- 
inconsistent at times at some points during the season. But, yes, overall, that was a very good team last year. And like I said, pretty much everybody comes back from it. And so you know that they're going to be hungry for this year because they know how good that record was last year, how good they could have, how much better they could have been last year because they know how good they are. And the and the nation's uh, baseball writers and uh, folks who cover college sports too or college baseball has recognized that. I mean, I've you tell me. I mean, I've tried to keep up with the poll scooter, but I've seen them as high as I think seven or eight in one poll. I've seen, but only as low as thirteen or fourteen. I mean, that's been pretty much a consensus of uh, where they've been uh, in the preseason here, right? Yeah, I think their highest ranking is D one baseball and it's eleven. I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. not. I, th- I swear I thought they I saw are, a top 10. They might have, um, but pretty much they are they are consensus top 20 team overall, um, which says a lot. And, you know, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, how, you know, 10 years ago, before the Cliff Godwin era got started here, you know, if East Carolina would have come out preseason, you know, 15 or, or even like a, a 23 or 24, a low-ranking, for a top 25 poll, everybody would be excited. You know, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, East Carolina's ranked or preseason ranked. But this program has put itself in a position now where you see these preseason rankings come out every year, and East Carolina is always in there somewhere. And it's just like, okay, yeah, we're ranked to start the year. It's, it's almost like it's, it's, a, it's a norm now for this team to be preseason ranked and to get these accolades every single year, and I think that shows where this program has gotten to where it is right now. Let me ask you this, and this will be uh, our last look back at last year, but this is something I ask you going into the 23 season, and my, heck, I might have even asked you going into the 22 season. I don't remember, but when, when you, you, Scott Scooter Rogers, when you look back at the uh, 23 season, how are you going to remember it? And I'm talking about not just now, but I'm talking about 10 years from now, 15 years from now. When you look back at 2023, what's going to stand out to you? I think one thing from last year that would stand out to me was, you know, how how good of a group it was. And that's one thing with, with every team that has really that I've been around with East Carolina is how good the people are around this program. Uh, and that, like I said, that's another just attribute of Cliff Godwin and the culture that he's built. But I would say that was that was one thing from last year's group. Um, you know, I got got pretty close with a couple of players on that team. You know, talking with them on road trips and and that sort of thing. But that would be that would be one thing I would say that I would always remember about last year's club. Well, very good. Well, hey, how important is it for this year? Before, like I said, before we you know start breaking down players and all that, and uh, you know defense and offense and pitching staff and all that. How important is it for the uh, for the Pirates to get off to a good start? I mean, they start with Ryder this weekend, but talk about jumping into the fire scooter. Then they're at Carolina for back-to-back games. Of course, they'll be back at home on February 25th. But, I mean, Campbell, who has become a national uh, power. Carolina, who we don't have to talk about that. We know how good they are. Then Cal State for I'm just going down the schedule here. Cal State Fullerton, all these other teams, I mean, Man, you talk about j- coming out of the box. They're not coming out of the box against uh, Scrubs here, are they? No, not at all. And you know, you know, was, I've told people so many times this year already that you know this this non conference schedule is is sneaky good outside of the the North Carolinas and the Campbells and them. You look at you know this weekend with Ryder. Ryder went down last year. 
played in the coastal, the Conway Regional at Coastal Carolina. They beat Coastal in their opening game. They won 36 games like last year. They won their conference tournament, uh, beat Duke towards the end of the year last year as well. And so this, this opening weekend is going to be, I think, one of the tougher ones when you look at it on paper. They've got some guys coming back with Ryder. Uh, and so this is a program that knows how to win, and they're going to be hungry coming in. You already mentioned Campbell. Campbell lost a lot from last year on the pitching side, but they brought in a lot as well, just like they do every year with the JUCO ranks. They hired a new pitching coach this year from Wingate, who brings over a very good resume with the D2 ranks. Wingate is always good at the D2 level. And, of course, as you said, North Carolina, who's going to be very good this year. They've dealt with some preseason injuries. They lost their Friday night starter. Jake Knapp to a, um, I believe, Tommy John is what he had. He had to have it during one of the scrimmages just a couple of weeks ago after suffering an elbow injury. And so that pitching rotation might look a little bit different than what most people thought coming in. It'll be interesting to see what they go with this weekend. Uh, not sure who the Tar Heels play this weekend, but they're definitely going to have to adjust a little bit as well. But then when you look further down the schedule, as you mentioned with the LaClaire Classic this year, you have Cal State Fullerton, you have Purdue, and you have southeastern Louisiana, and all in all three of those. Of course, everybody knows how good Cal State Fullerton used to be back in the day, and with former pitching coach Jason Dietrich there now as their head coach, he's starting to build them back up. Purdue is always a solid program in the Big Ten, and then southeastern Louisiana has been a really good program in the past. They were just here in Greenville about six or seven years ago for the LeClaire Classic, and you know, even further down, you have Columbia, who is year in and year out one of the best. Ivy League teams as well. And so, yes, this non-conference schedule is certainly going to tell a lot to the East Carolina club. That voice you're listening to, if you are an ECU baseball fan like a lot of folks are here in Kinston and Lenora County, you know exactly who it is. It's Scott Scooter Rogers joining us this morning as he's getting us ready for the 24 ECU baseball schedule that begins this Friday at home at Clark LeClaire Stadium against Ryder. Uh like before, like again, before we break down players and all that, uh, how's the AAC look? I know I, in, in the interest of full disclosure, <clears throat> you and I were chatting uh, Saturday and I said something about AAC to you. And y- you know how, when you talk to your dog, sometimes it kind of tilts his head a little bit like, well, that's kind of how you, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, that's how you kind of looked, uh, looked at me on uh, Saturday. Uh, you're, you're not anticipating the AAC being uh, a top tier conference this year. There's there's a lot of you know things we don't know I would say about this AAC this year with the new teams coming in. Um, I can tell you right off the bat that Charlotte and UTSA I think are the top other top two programs in this league right now, other than East Carolina. Um, the returners from the league in Wichita State they have a first year head coach. They had a lot of players enter the transfer portal last year after they fired Lauren Hibbs. And so that team, they don't really, nobody really knows what to expect from them. Uh, Tulane, who got on that really hot run last year to win the American in the conference tournament, they are certainly going to be towards the bottom again this year. Um, and then when you look at teams coming in, I just mentioned Charlotte and UTSA. UTSA was very good in Conference USA last year. Charlotte was as well. Charlotte expecting to have a, a really good team this year. That'll honestly be you – know, I personally think it's going to be either East Carolina or Charlotte that ends up winning the American this year. But FAU is a program. You know, they won 30, so, 30 or so games last year. 
Uh, UAB is not was not very good last year either. And so I think there's just a lot of questions to be answered with this year's AAC conference because, like I said, you have so many teams coming in. And, and, and with the portal now, too, you know, one player can make such a huge difference now. And so nobody really knows how that player could fit in. Nobody knows who that player might be either until things get going. But, yes, I think it's going to be an interesting year in the American for sure. Absolutely. And, again, that voice you listen to Scott Scooter Rogers of the voice of ECU baseball. He is our big interview today here on the show. And, as you know, uh, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hank Show is UNC Lenore Healthcare. Uh, listen, visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you to Beverly Jenkins, uh, just all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's not waste any time. Let's jump right back into it. And again, uh, as I said earlier this hour and uh, you backed it up too, a very, very talented roster for this ECU Pirates uh, team this year. And let's start on the pitching side. Uh, you said two of the best five pitchers in the nation or two of the top pitchers in the nation. Who are those guys, and how are you seeing the rotation being uh, the Friday night starter, Saturday night, the Sunday afternoon starter, and even uh, who will uh, Coach Godwin be throwing out there uh, midweek? Uh, Friday and Saturday right now pretty much locked down unless something crazy happens. You know, I think everybody pretty much knows that it's going to be Trey Savage on Friday and Zach Root on Saturday. Trey has had coming off that unbelievable year last year. Uh, you know, he's right there in the mid-90s with his fastball, has a really good breaking ball as well. He's got the stamina. He goes six to seven innings pretty much every start now. And Trey, is, Trey has even gotten better in the offseason, too. And I know that sounds kind of – Hard to say because he was so good last year, but he he has gotten better from working with his pitches in the offseason with Austin Knight. Uh, you know, he's he he is one of the best Friday guys in college baseball, and, and in fact, I think he's one of the top five pitchers in all of college baseball this year. And East Carolina is certainly lucky to have him. Uh, you know, just there's not too many programs, especially in that quote unquote group of five rank, to be able to say you have a pitcher like that starting on Fridays and then. You have Zach Root on Saturday as well. Root, the left-hander, he'll have this will be his sophomore year coming up. Had a really good freshman year. Started in the bullpen last year for East Carolina. He came in uh, opening weekend last year and really caught some people's eyes last year with how well he pitched. And he continued to get better as the year went along. And as we got towards the end of the year last year, he was starting games for East Carolina as a freshman. And so. He will certainly be very good on Saturday. He's got better. He's gotten stronger in the offseason as well. And so that stamina will help him a lot. He's worked hard so much on his pitches as well, just to be able to command his pitches a little bit better and, and last a little bit longer in games. And really, you know, when you look at your Savage and Root, they are honestly a 1A and a 1B type situation because Zach Root could be a Friday starter for a lot of teams in college baseball this year. And so East Carolina certainly is is well-prepared on these Friday and Saturday series coming up. But And then when you look at Sunday, Sunday is really the spot that's up in arms right now because there's so many guys fighting for that spot. You know, we've heard Jake Hunter's name tossed around a little bit. Hunter coming in for his junior year this year. He has some starters experience, started a little bit his freshman year at East Carolina and got better last year, had a really good summer. This year, really good fall as well. 
Uh, transfer Chris Taylor is another name you could see slide into that spot. Taylor actually pitched against East Carolina last year. He was at George Washington. He was their Friday night starter last year and, and pitched, I think, five scoreless innings against East Carolina last year, if I'm not mistaken, on opening weekend. But he's looked really good in the fall and in these scrimmages so far. So he's another one that could get that Sunday spot. But regardless, you've got, you know, four or five guys that could really have that Sunday role for East Carolina, and every single one of them would not be a bad person to put out there. That's awesome. That, okay, that's the pitching side of things. Uh, how, do, how do we look coming out of the bullpen? Got some, I'm assuming some pretty good arms there, too. Yeah, absolutely. You got good arms there. Of course, you got Danny Bill and Wyatt Lunsford Sheikman returning. Those two guys pitched a lot of innings last year for East Carolina. They're going to be huge for this team coming back. Uh, Eric Ritchie is another one returning from last year, a left-hander. Picked up some good innings last year. And one of the good things about Eric Ritchie is his breaking ball is so good. When it's on, it's it's virtually unhittable because his spin rate is so good on that pitch. But you've also picked up some other pieces in that bullpen. Uh, D3 transfer, Drew Bryan, he transferred in from the University of Chicago. He's from Sanford, so he came back home. For his final year of eligibility, Had has looked good, I think, in the fall this year as well. He's another guy that can help this team. Uh, Aaron Groller transferred from Seton Hall. He's another lefty, a soft tossing lefty, kind of a funky motion coming off the mound. So he'll certainly help as well because those style of pitchers are so hard to catch up to, um, especially when you come from someone like a Trey Savage who's out there throwing 95 and then you have a guy throwing, you know, in the high 80s coming about behind him. So he'll certainly help as well. And then there's a, some good freshmen on this team too. Ethan Norby is another one. He's one that could slide if he's that. Sunday spot if you need him to. He's another lefty that's looked good. He's the brother of Connor Norby for some ECU fans. It's the jog your memory. Connor Norby, who's now with the Baltimore Orioles. Um, Ethan's a really good player. He's really good stuff from that left side. And so bullpen-wise, this team's in good shape as well. Uh, listen, some great bats in this lineup, too. I know, Like you said, we've got to replace a third baseman. Uh, who <clears throat> we'll get to see uh, later on this season. I can't wait for that game, which uh, I, I don't care if I'm doing the PA for that game or whatever. Dude, I will be in attendance for that game at Clark LeClaire when State comes rolling in. But uh, just uh, tell us about this batting lineup this year for uh, ECU, Scooter. Yeah, it, you know, like we touched on, you know, right when I came on, it's when you first look at it, there's a lot of experience out there. Of course, you still have Carter Cunningham, who had such a good year last year. Jacob jacobs Scallett is another one. That's one thing about there's so much power up and down this lineup because, you know, from top to bottom, everybody can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, you, when we'll, we'll start in the outfield and go from there, from left to right. You'll have Luke Nowak back in left field. Luke certainly did not have the best of years last year defensively, uh, but he has put in so much work this offseason, has got a ton better defensively center field this year uh more than likely bristol carter will probably be starting in center field the freshman from the kernersville area who turned down a pretty significant amount of money to come to east carolina as a freshman he was was very uh he was touted to be a pretty pretty good draft pick coming out of high school last year and he turned it down to, to come to east carolina and play uh you know a lot of publications have him already as the preseason freshman of the year in the American, which I think says a lot because of how good he is. Uh, Riley Johnson, you can see him in center field as well. Uh, he's dealt with some shoulder injuries still. He's always had some shoulder injuries throughout his career at East Carolina, so those are still nagging 
a little bit. But Riley had such a good year last year coming off the bench in late game situations, not only as a, a defensive replacement, but from pinch hitting standpoint. I think he finished the year seven for seven. It was at the plate last year in his final seven at bats coming off the bench. And so if he doesn't start for East Carolina, he certainly is a weapon to come off and play late innings defensively for this team. And then Jacob Jenkins Cowart will be in right field for this club this year, making that move back over the right. Uh, everybody knows how good of a player JC is from what he did his freshman year. And then he was having such a good year last year, just started to get hot when he had that, that gruesome injury in the UCF series where he hit the ball off his groin and had to sit for a couple of games. But he, he certainly is uh, primed for another good year in his junior year, which would be his draft year. And that's the guy you could see, I think, go pretty high in this year's Major League Baseball draft. Dude, absolutely, man. I, I, you're in midseason form, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and say <laughs> that before I ask you my last question here, okay? Let's go. I love it, man. Uh, listen, one of the off-season stories, and I know there was a commercial. I didn't get a chance to see it yesterday, but one of the just inspirations on this team is uh, Parker Bird and just uh, what he has come back from. For folks who, and I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how anybody couldn't be familiar with him and his incredible, inspiring story. But uh, tell folks about Parker Bird, and then I guess the second part of my question. Dude, I've actually seen him at bat in a couple of videos, man, and he looks pretty good. Is there an opportunity? Is there going to be a chance for him to get some uh, some playing time for the Pirates this year, Scooter? It sounds like it. Uh, Cliff Godwin said uh, in an interview with Patrick Johnson and, and Steven Igo last week that the plan is to get him, you know, in at bat or two this year. And I, and, and looking at him, you know, he certainly is right there, ready for it. You know, I think the situations don't have to be right, but. Yeah, I think you could definitely see Parker Bird at the plate at some point this year. And, you know, like you said, what a just an inspirational story. I mean, for a guy who was in that terrible boating accident, I believe it's crazy. It's been almost two years now, uh, having his leg amputated. And now he is, he's right on the cusp of playing in a Division One college baseball game is just unbelievable. And, you know, it says a lot about Parker. It says a lot about his fate and what he's done for himself. Um, and, and Parker's such a likable kid, too. He is he's great to be around. His spirit's always high. He's always positive. He's always putting a positive spin on things. And so it, it, everybody will certainly be happy for him. And when that moment happens, um, you know, there's, there's probably not going to be a lot of dry eyes in Clark Lecoyer Stadium when it happens. That's going to be a moment that Pirate fans remember for pretty much the rest of their lives. I got to tell you, and and I mean this in all sincerity, Scooter. I can't wait to hear your call. If I'm not if I'm not at the stadium myself, I can't wait to hear your call on when he. Uh, it's just, I'm, I'm, I can assume it's going to be emotional, not just for fans, for his family, for his teammates. It's going to be pretty emotional for Scooter Rogers too, isn't it? It will be. You know that'll certainly be a call that you know nobody has ever done before. Yeah. Um, you know, there's never been a a player who has played a Division One college baseball game with a prosthetic leg. And so just to, to be able to put that into words is gonna be is gonna be something because that's something that only you have only I can say but I have done. Um and you know it's something that, you know, you right now, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, it's gonna be something that you're gonna have to, I'm certainly gonna have to think about how to describe it, but it's also gonna come naturally, I think. But as you said, you know, that's gonna be a 
a call that I will certainly remember for my lifetime. And no matter what happens with it, will definitely be a, a top call of my career for sure. You know what? I lied to you. I got one more question for you, if you don't mind. And it, it's sort of what bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> I love it. It's sort of what you're talking about right there, dude. How much do you pre-prepare for something? Or I guess it, I guess that's a redundant. How do you prepare for a moment like that? Because you know it's going to happen. It could happen this weekend against Ryder. If it doesn't, you know it's going to happen sometime in the next few games. How does Scooter Rogers? Yes, I'm referring to you in the third person. Sorry, dude. But how does Scooter <laughs> Rogers prepare for a moment like that? I mean, do you have? I mean, and I know you've got all your notes and everything, but is there all? Do you put something in your mind? You know what? I want to make sure I say this when I talk about this moment. And I know there are other moments like winning the AAC championship and you know making it to a super regional and all that kind of stuff. But for an emotional moment like this. Do you prepare for that, or do you just let it happen organically? Well, how will you prepare for that, Scooter? I, I think really it'll happen, you know, naturally when it happens because no one, of course, is going to be in the back of your mind all year. Hey, you know, this could happen today, or this could happen, or it could happen this game. But you don't really know when it's going to happen, and so I think you know, with it coming naturally, because um, it, it'll make it sound better too. You know, you don't want to make it sound scripted or or anything like that. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, like a, a super regional win or a, or a conference tournament win, something like that. Everybody kind of knows how they're going to do it when it happens. But for something like this, you know, uh, you know, let it come naturally. Let the, let the moment happen, really. And I think that's what will make that moment so much better. God, man, would it not be awesome? And I know I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I think you're going to agree with me wholeheartedly. Would it not be awesome for him to uh, – how about a home run in his first at-bat? Would that not just be I, – I, I can't wait to hear you call that if that were to happen, you know? I, if that happened, I, it would honestly <laughs> probably be dead air because I would be speechless <laughs> if it happened. And I think there would be – I probably wouldn't be the only speechless person in Clark McClure if that happened. That's awesome. Listen, uh, Scott Scooter Rogers, voice of ECU baseball, dude. You're so generous with your time every time you join us. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you out at Clark LeClaire all season and have you back on a couple of times as the season goes along, dude. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Brian. Always enjoy coming on with you. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, I was one of the, the quote, good, good guys in the business. And that certainly is, is you too with everything you've done. And it's great to have you uh, at East Carolina the past couple of years and hopefully many more years we keep hearing Brian Hanks and ECU. Oh, dude, you're, <laughs> you're so awesome, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. There you go. That's Scott Scooter Rogers, the voice of ECU baseball here on the Brian Hanks Show. Let's play the birthday game. Let's get John and Jonathan in here. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the Monday, February 12th edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today's Monday, February the 12th in the year of the Lord 2024. It is now time to play the birthday game. It is that game that we play uh, here on the Brian Hanks Show uh, every day. I do my best to try to get in at least 70% of it every day. Uh, I just said that just to watch uh, John's head twirl around. I was actually in here the other day. Okay, he's in <laughs> one day last week. Yeah, for, you know when we we're recording him, he's like, "Don't bug me about getting them shorter." And I'm sitting in here, and it hasn't been played yet. And I said, "The birthday game is 18 minutes." He said, "Okay." He almost missed it while I'm sitting here talking about it. <laughs> Back to you, Brian. Indeed, indeed. Hey, how was your weekend, John? I mean, with like 20 seconds to spare. Barely got it in. 
What, what did you say, punk? I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Dawson. Be careful. Do you feel lucky? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Punk. <laughs> I know. Uh, How's your weekend, John Dawson? It was great, bro. I was in Raleigh working on some music stuff that I, I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to jinx it. And uh, Sunday I worked on some music stuff with a buddy of mine named John Barwick. It's turning out John really Lee Barwick. John Guy Barwick. Oh. <laughs> He's got an album coming out in March. Where that studio is still being put together, but it's it's sounding nice. I like it. John Boy Barwick. I mean, I know you enjoy working with him, right? Don't screw his name up. <laughs> Please. Choke him. Choke him. Hey, you like the devil on John's John, shoulder? John Guy Barwick. John Guy Barwick. Right? This okay. is not going to be the new Procol Harem. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. You mean Purple Harem. <laughs> but anyway, Jonathan Massey, how about the Super Bowl? Where Did you watch the Super Bowl last night? I hope nobody keys your car on the way out to the <laughs> What? Super Bowl, uh, no. You know what, dude? I, I knew, I knew Kansas City was going to win. I mean, I had no doubt whatsoever how well the Chiefs were going to play in the game, you know? He's acting like he's dubbing the thing. Oh, over. I know, yeah. I know what he's doing. Yeah. Or real subtle. <laughs> or was it the 49ers that played really well yesterday? What do you think about Christian McCaffrey? That's got to break your heart a little bit, being a Carolina Panthers fan over there and seeing him do so well and, you know, him winning the MVP. You know what? Uh, regardless of any outcomes of the game, I'm happy that McCaffrey finally got on a team that could get him to the Super Bowl. The guy deserved it. He, he poured his heart and soul into Carolina. They tried to run him into the ground. And uh, it's good to see him. Who was in the success. Super Bowl? Uh, it was uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City uh, Taylor Swifts. Who does uh, who's Cam Newton play for now? Uh, nobody. I thought he was playing a few weeks ago. Mm -mm. No, Cam Newton's not played for anybody. And I love. Did you see the thing with Brock Purdy? What he said about Cam Newton? Nah. Oh, this is beautiful. Evidently, before the Super Bowl, uh, Cam Newton got on one of these old talking head shows. You know, you're right, I'm wrong, whatever those shows are called. And said, uh, Brock Purdy's the 10th best player on the San Francisco 49ers. He, you know, if he were on any other team, he would be a backup quarterback and all this kind of stuff. Probably not far off, but Brock Purdy said, I may be the 10th best player on this team, but there are 90 quarterbacks in the NFL. And the last time I checked, Cam Newton's not one of them. Wow. <laughs> Zing. Look, I love Cam Newton. He yep. did a lot for Carolina. Yes, he did. As far as. Yeah, on on field success, but uh, I've heard just about enough of his mouth. Yeah, but I'm better than I, I could start for at least ten. ten. No, he well, couldn't. But when he says that, but if you could, he, why aren't you? That's yeah. the thing. If he if he could, why is he not? He can't. That's that's a, it's like RG three the same way. Uh, RG three every time you see him, and you know Steve Zabin, who I listen to all the time. He loves he hates RG three, so he loves making fun of him, and uh, so I, he's got a much bigger production uh, budget budget than I do. So he'll get some of these little clips of RG three saying stuff on different media, and and it's and he's not just Steve Zabin is right. RG three still thinks he could be in the league and is still trying out for teams. During you know uh, like during his interviews, he's like you go to <laughs> you go to Japan and this soldier comes up out of the woods. Is the war over yet? You know, <laughs> you're not far off yeah. there, man. RG three, just a. I mean, 
God bless the guy. He got he got hurt early on, never really recovered from it. But it was his fault, and he tries to blame it on everybody else. That's what bothers me, Jonathan, is that seriously, RG3 is. The only thing he needs to blame it on is his bum knees. He needs to blame it on himself because he begged to go back in the game. You know, and some of this can go towards uh, Shanahan uh, against Mike Shanahan. That sure. you know, it was you know, you got to be the bigger man. When okay, if if I knew if I knew John Dawson was playing her and he shouldn't come in and do the show, I would be like John, don't come in today. You know, stay home. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. No, no, no. You feel bad today. You need to be home it's getting just a better. Sore throat, man. No, no, it. no, John. You're staying home. See what did we just demonstrate there, Jonathan? Massey? I've got a lozenge, Coach. I can do it. <laughs> I've got a lozenge. <laughs> That's exactly what Mike Shanahan should have done with uh, RG3. And you know what? He may still be playing. He could still be playing today could. if he had done that. But uh, for him to be wanting to blame everybody except himself, it's just crazy, man. And then he got into it with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, or was it Kyle Shanahan or who did he get into? RG3, another person. And they said something about, uh, I don't even remember. But anyway, I just, I love it when all these people, when RG3. And he's becoming a, a pretty important talking head on ESPN, which just riles me. And he has become that person. I don't know if you guys have these people, but if I see him, that he's going to be commentating. Really? Billy Packer. There you go. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Or I have to turn the sound down. I cannot stand listening to RG3. And I've got his damn jersey in my closet, okay? I'm trying to think if I have one. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Eh. It just. Uh, Maybe Nick Wright. He yeah, kind of. I he can't kinda, stand him either. And Good call. Uh, what's the other guy? Coward. Oh, God. Who knows everything and he's and never so, been yet, wrong. And yet somehow knows nothing. Yeah, uh, that's a hoof. You got all as philosophical. Ja, as the great, the late great James Brown once said, talking loud and saying nothing. There you go. I like it. Okay, uh, what did you do this weekend? Uh, I guess, did you go to any Super Bowl parties? or? No, nah, uh, yeah, I stayed home, uh, did some stuff around the house. Did uh, you watch the game? No. Nah. Really? Yeah. What'd you do? Just uh, you play with Maris, I guess? or um, Yeah, we watched a little TV. I've been trying to get in the show Reacher. Ah, I'm familiar with it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent show. Yeah. You know, I <clears throat> have to watch it during uh, Maris's nap breaks because... Uh, a little violent. A little bit, yeah. 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 Yeah, and Maris has already picked up some bad habits from people around her. Like, uh, I, I got home the other the other night, and uh, she, was, uh, she had a stick of butter that she was eating. What? Well, she just got one little bite out of it, but if I had to let her keep it. Have you ever had deep fried butter, though? I, I'm being dead serious. I know here. it's a thing, but no, I have not. It is so. Don't you make that face at me over there, John Dawson. It's delicious. I've have you sitting, tried it? I've been sitting over here waiting to talk about how great the new season of Fargo is with John Hamm in it, and we're talking about fried butter. <laughs> have you ever tried it, though? No, that's why I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it is delicious. No, I'm not joking. I don't know what it is about the butter and the in the into the deep fried part of it, but it is it's better than deep fried Oreos or deep fried must, three musketeers. Deep fried butter before you before. Why are you still making that face? You're sneering. You are literally sneering at me, John Dawson. Typically, I wouldn't agree with John on matters of fried foods, but uh, there's just some things we probably shouldn't deep fry. <laughs> like, and everything you just listed is on that list. <laughs> God, you've never had a deep fried Oreo. No. Oh my God, dude. Oreos the, go with milkshakes and ice cream and milk, not deep fried grease. Have you tried it? I don't even uh, want to hear it. If you've not tried it, then I don't even value your opinion. I'm just talking about the health. Oh, who cares? We're all going to die anyway, you know? 
This yeah, segment sponsored by Gawico Technology <laughs> Service Providers. I thought you were going to tell us about Fargo. You want to just save that uh, for tomorrow? I, I, yeah, let's do that tomorrow. Okay, uh, go ahead. Well, remember, put a pen in it, yeah, Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, Gawico. No, it's not you. It's Jonathan Massey because he won on Friday 3-2. to two. It's now five days to two. You lead here in February, uh, John Dawson. What, you t- what the hell are you doing over there? People, people, people can't see it. They don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. even want to tell. I can't tell everybody what he was well, doing. Then we shouldn't react Oh, now you're it. learning. Yeah. Aha! I'm a human. I'm going to react when you see a man doing something I did, like I that. I saw okay? it and I didn't react. John Dothan Massey, tell us about... Uh, <laughs> so one of you's not human. Yeah, and I'd say it's John. Definitely. Who is it? John is the alien, that's for sure. Okay, tell us about GoEco. Oh, GoEco Office Automation. Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Um... Goeco Technology Service Providers, a great company headed up by a, a fine American, despite his uh, French-sounding name. Jacques Passelig is a, is one hell of a guy, and he's a guy you want to have in uh, in your foxhole when you go to war with the other businesses in your area because he will ensure a swift and decisive victory, and that's what you need to better your business. Jonathan Massey, you got me over here waving in an American flag, saluting you and everything all at one time. That is awesome. Uh, is that what that is? Yes, I was saluting you. Uh, Jonathan uh, Parrot Dawson, if we want to come. Wait a minute. You're not the person we talked to. Hey, we <laughs> want to call. <laughs> I'm confused myself. How do we call him, Jonathan? How do we call uh, Jacques? Well, you pick up your phone or your rotary or your beeper and you dial 252. 252. 286. 286. 283. 53. 53. 53. 54. 54. Or you can visit his website. It's at goeco.nc.com. What is goeco.com or bucklesberry.gov? Uh, bucklesberry.gov. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> bucklesberry.com. There you, there go. you go. Okay, she's the daughter of Mamas and Papas, John and Michelle Phillips. She's a member of Wilson Phillips. It's China Phillips. China Phillips. Spell China, though. C-H-Y-N-N-A. Dang, dude. That's awesome. Very impressive. You're right. a point? No. Oh. But uh, this is uh, Wilson Phillips, who, by the way, I thought they would, I liked them. I, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a super fan, but I was definitely, I was neutral positive, neutral plus. And Brian Wilson's daughter is one of them? Yep, Absolutely. This is Release Me by Wilson Phillips. Mm. Song about a seatbelt. <laughs> no, she's trying to break up with a guy, and she's as gently as possible telling him to please release me. Do you know how many women have sang this song to Jonathan Massey? Exactly zero. <laughs> you mean like screamed it from the rooftop? <laughs> yeah. I was going to make a joke, but it was it was even too dark for my taste. Okay. So. That's scary. I was going to say write it in a deposition. That's as far as I was going to go. <laughs> there you go. Never to be it. heard from again. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, China Phillips over there. You know Wilson Phillips, don't you? Yeah, sure. Get back here! <laughs> Shallow grave McGillicuddy over there. Good Lord. <laughs> you got to keep uh, shoveling some lime. <laughs> Please guess. Oh, Brian, I'm so glad you got this show. <laughs> For now. <laughs> oh, God, it brings up so much stuff to the fore. China Phillips. How old is she, John Zamassi? Oh, about 25 to life. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, Fifty-one. You say fifty-one. What do you say, John Dawson? Fifty-two. Could have kept going. She was born February twelfth, nineteen sixty-eight. She's fifty-six today. Fifty-six. Yeah, for somebody, I had no idea who she was. I feel uh, okay about yeah, that. we're not giving you credit though. I don't nah, care. You get nothing. You get nothing. Oh, okay. Oh, he said it. You used one. No, no, no. <laughs> I knew he was a member of the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald. I had no idea he was a member of Steely Dan. Oh, Skunk Baxter and Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Yeah. You wasn't really that? a member. I think he recorded with them. Well, for two years, from yeah. uh, like 76 to 78 or three years, he was with us. He was actually listed as a member of Steely Dan. Huh. Yeah. Wait a minute. I can't forget What was the song on 40-Year-Old Virgin? I was trying to find yeah, out. I'm going to be there. Yeah. This is Play this one day. We always do the other one. Yeah. I can still do the line. Dude, this, we've not done... Michael McDonald in three years, yes, we dude. Have. Today's Monday, February twelfth. We've not done his birthday in, since uh, two thousand. We've referenced Yamo be there at least twice in the I last year. With that. Yeah, we do like Jane Lynch or somebody. We. Yeah. I like Jane Lynch. I know uh, we don't uh, play yeah. on the same team, but. Uh, well, you kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> the same, but different. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Michael McDonald over there, John Dawson. How old is he today? Steely Dan. Same outlook. Yes, sir. Do what now? I had no idea. And you know I love Steely Dan. I had no idea that he was. I I thought he was just like a studio musician. I don't know. No, they actually own. Well, it's on Wikipedia. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are the only two. Yeah. Especially in those years. How old is he today? Michael McDonald. Uh, 76. You say 76. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? Who got a China Phillips, by the way? He did. Okay. 77. He was born February 12th, 1952. So he's only 72 today. So congratulations, John Dawson. You take a two to nothing lead. And that uh, we've got another musician coming up, but it's from a dead person. So we'll get to that here in a moment. Ah, hopscotch. There you go. Jonathan Massey, you yes. are up. He's been a justice on the United States Supreme Court since 2018. It's Brett. Older. Musburger. <laughs> Older. <laughs> no and no. <laughs> Just say who it is, Brett man. Brett Kavanaugh. Thank you. Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, he took uh, Scalia. I don't remember whose place he took. But he had been this acclaimed justice or this acclaimed judge going up through the system. Everybody loved him. He was great. I mean, even when Obama was in office, they were talking about an opening. They were talking about this Brett Kavanaugh guy who was sort of centrist and sort of middle of the road, not exactly, you know, on the right side. But then Donald Trump nominates him, and oh my God, they came up, dug up all this stuff about how he was an alcoholic when he was in Yale and all this other stuff. And, and it, but it goes both ways. If well, a, Bush tried cocaine, Obama tried cocaine. I mean, it's, I think I'm the last human who hadn't done cocaine on the planet. So. We don't need to get into everybody's life story. I'm just saying. I agree. I, I agree. haven't. I haven't tried the the old booger sugar. <laughs> booger sugar. 
Oh, come on. That's oh, there's, fun. There's a little bit of air left to get out of the balloon. Let's try to get it all out. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Well, I was just proving it. Like, I haven't tried it. I have no desire to. There you go. Brett Kavanaugh over there, uh, All right, John let me Dawson. go back and take a two-second point and make it last five minutes. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's Jonathan Massey's turn. Brett Kavanaugh, Jonathan Massey. As far as people in Washington, D.C., everybody's tried cocaine. For the most part. Yes. Uh, he, uh, like I said, he's been on the Supreme Court since 2018, so I guess he's uh, in his sixth year now. Jonathan Massey. Brett Kavanaugh, how old is he today? 59. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh was born February the 12th, 1965. He is indeed 59 years old today. He raked up straw for five hours. He had time to think about it. Yes, he did. Uh, so who got my – oh, so it's two to one now because yeah. you were down two to nothing. Okay, go. Uh, our last two are dead people. Finally. Dude, you're so dark. My kind yes. of crowd. You're so dark. I don't know why you said it like that. Yeah, me either. Okay, let's see. Uh, he was a keyboardist for this band. Great man, Zarek. The Doors. Dude, all it's been is wind blowing. How do you know that? That's Riders on the Storm. What year? 1971. The album was called L.A. Woman. There's the keyboard. That's Ray. Ray Manzarek. Uh, gee, uh, John Dawson, how old is he? Would he be today if he were still alive? He died in 2013. Died in 2013, so he died uh, 11 years ago. Let's see. Riders on the storm. You're ruining it, Brian. <laughs> Riders on the storm. Da, 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 da. 85. I knew he was born in 1939. How did you know that? I'm a Doors fan. Oh, you got it right on, and you win today, three to one. You got all three of the musicians. How about that? Huh. Yeah, I know. Who Sorry saw that, that coming? Yeah, nobody. Uh, yeah, you, and you win that. Uh, this one you pan down. Turn oh. that up. No, turn it down. I don't want to hear it. Turn it down. You can't hear it. He's deaf. Don't matter. You son of a... <laughs> <laughs> dude, you almost walked right into that hockey stick, sure dude. Did. You Seriously, one more <laughs> step and it would have been about an inch into your chest, dude. Yeah, the razor sharp end of it. Yeah, that's true. Riders on the storm. Getting the words wrong. Oh, sorry. Well, that's not him singing, but that's him on the keyboard, though. Just as important as the singing, Brian. Eh, no. I would love to try to listen to you two without the edge. It'd be like a, a lounge singer singing over a Casio. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, uh, the last one here. Jonathan Massey goes to you. Dead person. He, you want me to keep this playing underneath? Nah. Okay. He was the 16th president of these United States of America before his unfortunate assassination in 1865. I was just waiting for you to just say it. It's Honest Abe. They call him Abraham Lincoln. It was really not. Um, anyway, it's oh, another show. Oh, extra two holes. Yeah. yeah. Entrance and exit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Abra- also, incredible wrestler, by the way. Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Look it up. He uh, he's his roommate. Uh, uh, his partner. <laughs> there was an American Dad episode where 
<clears throat> Abraham Lincoln's bodyguard was real close with him. <laughs> and, like, Stan created a play about it. And the, oh, uh, the, what are they called, dude? Secret Service? No, you know the gay neighbors they have on that show? Yeah. yeah. And one of them's, like, super conservative. But his organization wanted Stan to come speak because of the play, because he was perpetuating. Uh, anyway. I have yeah. no idea what y'all are talking about. I don't either. I really don't I, either. I, I'll expl- when I can say it more freely, I'll explain Okay. Uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, who, by the way, oh, I'll tell you that after you guess how old he would be if he were still alive today. Uh, he died in 1865, Jonathan Massey. At the hands of a Confederate sympathizer. Yep. Two hundred twelve. You say two twelve. What do you say, John Dawson? Two eleven. You went the wrong way. He was born February twelfth, eighteen oh nine. So he would be two fifteen today. Congratulations, Jonathan Mess. You get that. Doesn't matter because John Dawson already clinched the day and he leads six days to two now. Local birthdays, man. We got a lot of them, man. Happy birthday to Ricky Whaley. Uh, if you listen to the show even a little bit, you know one of our faithful listeners, the voice of LCC Athletics. Uh, we love us some Ricky Whaley. Happy birthday, Rick. Uh, today is Les Moore's birthday. Uh, he uh, ran for city council. Good dude. Uh, Michael Parker, today is his birthday. You know Mike Parker, right? Yes. It's his son, Michael Parker, who is an ah. educator, a teacher, and a coach at Jones Senior. Uh, happy birthday to Joe Powers. That's uh, Tina's brother uh, who lives down in Jacksonville. Happy birthday, Joe. And then uh, the late Eric Cantu. Today is also his birthday he just passed away in the last couple of months so your birthday is today like uh, eric can too like uh joe powers by the way just a good dude man very very good dude uh to michael parker uh les moore ricky whaley oh i meant to tell you abraham lincoln too check this out and i almost included it in the birthdays but we had enough dead people do you know that abraham lincoln and charles darwin were both born on the same day month year everything did you know that i did did not. not I'll tell you one little fact, and it's historically accurate. Abraham Lincoln, or um, John Quincy Adams, son of, son of John Adams, was who was a known abolitionist, used his trial because you weren't allowed to use the word slavery in the Senate. After his presidency, he went back to being a senator and used the word slavery, and then they put him on trial for it. Basically put a, um, what's it called? Censure. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, he used his entire his entire trial as a platform to argue for abolitionism to you know get rid of slavery and <clears throat> when he was speaking on the senate floor he had a stroke and they took him upstairs where he survived for a couple more days and the person that volunteered to do his funeral rites was abraham lincoln wow uh, did not did you know all that i did not I didn't either, but how about though? But then again, but dang, you didn't even respond to my Charles Darwin, Abraham Lincoln, born on the same day, year, everything. Look, two great guys. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln did great stuff for equality. Charles Darwin, of course, a personal hero, did some great stuff with uh, nature. I love both the guys. Listen. Have a great birthday if today is your birthday. We'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by Goeco Technology Service Provider. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I we held that there for a second because I wanted to hear the zuh at the end of GoEco Technology Service Provider. Hey, listen, have a great birthday again to uh, everyone who's celebrating one today, especially uh, Ricky Whaley. Man, uh, just uh, love that guy to death, the voice of LCC Athletics, and then everybody else, of course. Okay. 
Uh, hey, uh, thank you again to uh, our both our guests today. Uh, of course, Mark Panicelli in our first hour. Scott Scooter Rogers in our second hour of the voice of ECU baseball. Tomorrow we'll have uh, our good friend Richard Clark in the first hour. It's going to be a fun week as we're getting ready for the NBA All-Star Weekend as we're getting ready for the Daytona 500. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.